little song I wrote. You might want to sing it note for note. Don't worry. Be happy. Every life we have some. I was just having an exchange with my youngest child, my daughter. <laughs> and I was having a goofball moment. And you don't hear much of that from me in this podcast. And sometimes, actually quite often, you'll hear that from me in my groups, however, in my and in my one-on-one coaching. Um, because part of how I love to express in the world is um, mixed with this deep and um, profound force of joy and laughter and um, it just bubbles forth and it comes out in me as a like a complete and utter goofball (laughs) so where I was making a chocolate smoothie and I love cacao and chocolate's my favorite if you're saying vanilla or chocolate I'm chocolate all the way and uh, so I made one of those and I went outside and I asked her, and I'm feeling all goofball-y, and I said, you want some chocolatey goodness? And she goes, Mom, she's rolling her eyes, don't don't say it like that. And I go, well, that's what it is. You want some chocolatey goodness? You do or don't? And then so she's like, yes, I do, and I'm laughing to myself. And I make these goofy voices, and I talk to our cats all the time, and I'm <laughs> literally... I laugh hundreds of times a day, and I'm not even kidding. And no, I'm not drunk. And no, I'm not high. And no, I'm not, you know, on some kind of psychedelics all day long. No, I, I, I literally can't stop it. It's literally, it's, it's honestly where I'm at the point where I, I don't have to try to be happy. I feel this undercurrent of joy consistently in my life. And I want to share in this podcast episode how that is so, how I've been able to do that and how it has changed everything in my life and all of the messaging that I want to convey to anyone who will listen and feels that they just aren't happy or can't be happy or want to be more consistently happy. So if you want to know my thoughts on that, the secrets to happiness, which are really not secrets at all, have a listen and I'll see you on the flip side. Welcome to the Family Health Revolution podcast with Coach Carla Atherton, where she discovers, uncovers, explores, and reveals the secrets to true family health and wellness. Before we begin the podcast, I just want to tell you about a gadget that has been brought to us by Ken Cedar at the Science of Light. And this gadget has brought light, balanced brains, elevated states of emotion, and overall wellness to many people's lives. And it's called the Soul Shine Phytovites Light. So I have a couple questions for you. Did you know that light is an essential nutrient? 
And did you know that lack of light or the wrong light or the right light at the wrong time of day, what Ken Cedar and John Ott call malillumination, can discombobulate the hormonal and neurochemical systems of the body, resulting in symptoms some would diagnose as seasonal affective disorder, sleep problems, ADHD, obesity, learning and focus struggles, depression, and anxiety. The number one way to receive light nutrition is to get out into the sunshine, of course. But if you can't get outside enough, or if your days are short like winters here in Saskatchewan, or if you need extra light healing, give the Soul Shine Phytovites a go. I highly recommend them. This light got us through some pretty long winters and days at the computer. So you just plug it in and point it towards your face for a few minutes a day. It's super bright, like a starship from space at first, but you totally get used to it and learn to crave the effects. So do check out my interview with Ken Cedar of The Science of Light for an in-depth interview about illumination and where you can be inspired by Ken's heart, his wisdom, his dedication to the health of our children, and check out the lights on their website. Ken has given my community a generous $50 off with the promo code at HFF. Both links are in the show notes, so check it out. I don't know if you know this um, superstition, I guess it would be, about lifting your feet when you're driving over railroad tracks and you lift your feet and you make a wish, right? And um, we, I've been doing this since I was a kid and I still do it because I'm still a kid <laughs> in a lot of ways, <laughs> definitely Okay. And uh, so I go over the railroad tracks and I, I make a wish and I, and it's not just superstition, but it's literally putting out a prayer, I guess, a wish, a desire um, into the ether, the universe, somewhere, something, someone is listening, something so there's, it's being received. It's an energy that I, that you put out. So I, I, uh, for years and years, I would actually literally, I thought, no, I'm not going to wish for this or that or the other and things that don't really matter and things that are kind of like outcomes. I want to wish for a, a core, um, underlying thing that will affect everything else in my life. So at one point, a few years ago, I decided that every time I made a wish, it was going to be for joy. It wasn't going to be for money. It wasn't going to be for the health of somebody. It wasn't going to be for a resolution of spe- something specific I was thinking about at the time. It was always going to be for joy. And I kind of, you know, did some things with gratitude. For instance, I was wishing for gratitude and then I was wishing for this. So I did play with it a bit, but most of the time, consistently, I was wishing for joy. And then at one point, and this was sometime this year, I actually... I thought, I'm not going to wish for joy anymore every time I go over this railroad track that I have to go over every single time I drive back and forth from the city. I don't need to wish for joy. I have it. I have it. And it's not going away. It's not even something I'm going to have to wish for again and again. And, oh, I've lost it and I've got to find it again. I will never lose this. I will never lose this. And so I decided I I didn't need to wish for joy anymore. Um, so I just play with other things. And how did that happen? Like, how did that happen? And it's, it's really interesting because when I look back on my life, I have some, I would never say I don't have any regrets. And I think most of my regrets lie in some mistakes I made with my children, like instances where I made them cry 
or where I was harsh on them or where I yelled or where I didn't receive them or when I wasn't present when they needed me to be. And that actually kind of chokes me up even as I speak about it. Um, when I've hurt somebody's feelings, you know, because I was hurt myself, you know, when we were battling, you know, like having some kind of argument, you know, for instance, like in a really significant relationship with someone like, uh, you know, a friend or my husband or a parent, you know, one of my parents. And so those things, I, I do look back and think, wow, if I was a little more evolved at the time, I would certainly have dealt with that better. And, but instead of regret, I, I take that in as wisdom. Okay. So I'm not saying that my whole life was, you know, big, you know, like I look back at my life and everything is, is like, I forget all the struggle. I don't. But at the same time, I, I really do feel as if I've replaced any sort of um, shades, <laughs> sunglasses that are, you know, keeping out the light, you know, like a way of, I've replaced that with rose-colored glasses. And I think that's okay. I think that to look at life in a way that welcomes and invites joy, beauty, insight, wisdom, wonder, laughter, all of that, I think that that is actually not just okay, but um, what will allow you to be more um, present and understanding and aware of what life really truly is. And it's all of it. I mean, you have joy, even though, you know, you may, there is death in the world and there is pain and there is suffering and all of that. But when I talk about deep wellness, I talk about this all the time, but we're going to refer to it as happiness in this, in this episode. But when I talk about deep wellness, that's what I'm talking about. It's really an acceptance and a, and a love and a reverence for the whole thing. So, all right. So here's the rose colored glasses. How did that happen? Right. And when I think about my past, I actually can't really remember the Carla who lived really any differently than this, but I know I did. It's like a, it's like an echo, but I don't feel it anymore. I'm not connected to those emotions anymore. They don't, they don't, um, they don't rule me. They don't, they don't control how I feel now. They don't control my future or even my present. They're just like, oh, they were there. I kind of remember, but I don't actually, it's almost like when people have um, released like a PTSD and they do something like, you know, EMDR or a trauma release, or they do tapping and they're like, I literally, I can think about the incident in my life that was really, really difficult at the time. And you know, I almost died or, uh, you know, someone I knew died or I witnessed something really awful or I was violated or, you know, abused. And there can be some really big things. And people who um, are able to do that level of healing will say, I don't feel it anymore. It doesn't control me. It happened. It, it, it's already done. Why would that affect me now in my life now? Why would I allow that to affect me now? The only thing that matters is if that I re maintain and retain the wisdom that I gained from it and recognize that some of it will inform me to maybe be careful with this 
kind of person who is raising red flags or not be in that situation or just stay out of the middle of the road so that I don't get run over. You know, like those things make sense, right? You know, I recoil if it's hot. Those things make sense. So when I'm looking back in my life, I literally, I, I, I think about all the things that we've been through, and I'm going to be really honest with you. There is, there's a lot of stuff. There were, there's a, all kinds of things that have been really challenging for me personally. Um, there's been addiction in my family of, to all kinds of things, including alcohol, drugs, um, gambling, tech addiction, food, drama, you know, addiction to drama. There's been um, Lyme disease. There's been mental uh, challenges, emotional challenges. There has been, um, we almost lost our, lost our house twice. Uh, major financial issues and relationship issues. Um, there was a time when I didn't think our hus- my husband and I was gonna, were going to make it. And there was a lot of pain that was involved in that. There was um, depression, anxiety. And this is, some of it's in our nuclear family and some of it's in our extended family that we're very close to. Um, with both sides of my husband's family, my family, and all, you know, areas of both of those families. Um, there's been uh, brain stuff. I had a dissected carotid artery, actually, and I could have died. And I, literally, though, my sister and I were laughing in the hospital. <laughs> because, like, and there's been diagnoses of, you know, diabetes, type 1 diabetes, scleroderma, cancer, um, my aunt passed away from cancer, and uh, I was there, and um, or with cancer, and depending on how you want to look at that situation. Um, and so I could go on and on and on and on. Actually, there's much more than that. And so, and people, you listening may identify with some of those things and says, "Yes, I, I've, we've been through that. Yes, we've been through that." Um, and uh, when I look back, though. I actually don't ever, and it's not like this stoic thing that I don't feel sorry for myself. I literally don't. Like I, I, I look at, I'm so happy. And you know what? It's really interesting. I was always looking for, and this is what we tend to look for when we, let's say, hire coaches or we go on a healing, you know, mission or we awaken to our power to heal our bodies and we get really serious about our health and all that kind of stuff. But what we tend to look on and focus on is this outcome of, you know, complete and utter healing. So we beat the cancer, right? We, um, the Lyme disease is gone. You know, my kid doesn't have pandas anymore. We, we, the type one diabetes diagnosis is no longer relevant. You know, we, we overcame our financial issues and now we're rich and we have like four, four cars and two houses. And now I can, you know, pay for everybody's stuff and I, that I've always dreamed of doing. My husband's retired. My children don't have to worry or struggle ever again. Like they don't ever have to struggle or worry ever again. And those are all beautiful, brilliant pursuits and, and, and goals and desires. But what's really interesting is that the undercurrent of happiness can still happen and still does happen and joy and wonder and beauty and all that reverence for life 
even if, and oftentimes despite the fact that we're still in process. Some of those things haven't manifested yet. Some of those things may never manifest. And the point is that it doesn't matter. It actually doesn't matter. And that's when you know that this unshakable well of deep wellness, happiness, joy, you've tapped into that, you've stepped into the flow of that. That's when you know. When you are laughing through your tears and when you aren't resisting your life but stepping into it and learning through it and recognizing that these are all opportunities and mirrors and this is what you're here to do. This is, this is, it is, and I'm going to talk a little bit metaphysical just for a moment. This is life understanding itself through you, through your experience, through your unique experience, your unique genius, your unique story. So this is, this is how I've come to that. A couple of the things that, um, have allowed me to tap into this, this, it's not a sense or a feeling, it is a, a way of being, this deep wellness, this happiness, this unshakable happiness, despite it all, or because of it all, it's that I've made some decisions. And first, we have to be aware of these things. Like, we're not bullshitting ourselves anymore. We're not in denial. We want to, we don't want it to be sometimes some of these things. But if we can just say, okay, I catastrophize things. I allow my emotions or the events or people around me to bring me down. If we understand that we are agents in our own life, at first it can seem scary or that we, you know, it's like impossible to feel sorry for ourselves because we can change it. And sometimes that sucks. You know, sometimes you're like, I just want to blame someone. I just want to say it's because of what you did to me. And that's why my, my life is this way. But what's it going to do? It's going to just keep us unhappy. And, and resentment is like taking poison and waiting for the other person to die. So how does that serve us? All right, so here are some of the things that I decided to do. Okay, so here's one of my, and I don't know if, I love this word, catastrophize. I heard this, I don't know, I think it was a podcast one day or something. And they they were talking about catastrophizing events. And I was like, oh my God, I do that all the time. And as soon as I learned that word, I was so aware of it that any time I did it, I was like, God, you're making a big, you're having a big fit in your head about this for nothing and not not just for nothing but you don't have to respond this way and this is what I mean okay so something happens I don't know I don't even have a good example actually right now but something happens and you decide okay you're like this is bad like this is going to lead to this and to this and to this and to this and if this if this decision is made or if this person does this then it's only going to be this bad outcome and and it's this big deal and it's never going to change it's never going to change and it could be something big like like having someone who um is addicted to alcohol in your life okay and if they keep doing it and the, the next time they do it, it's like this big catastrophe because it's never going to change. It's always going to be like this and we're never going to heal. And and this person's just going to, you know, their life is going to be terrible and my life's going to be terrible because I can't, I don't know what to do. That is very real. 
But if we take that moment by moment and not project into the future our fears, our experience of our present moment is completely different. If we don't catastrophize and project, all we're going to do is create an energy that is we're really actually going to contribute to what we don't want. What we focus on, we create, and that is for real. That's not a metaphysical, you know, completely like uh, metaphorical, um, you know, concept or idea. It's it's a literally it is a truth. So what we focus on, we create. If we catastrophize, we can make something way bigger, blow it out of proportion. You know what that's like, actually, right? Everybody knows this. So let's say you have an event, okay, and it feels huge. It's huge. It's huge at the time. There's a big blowout. There's a fight. There's a this, that. Everybody comes back down, right? After that big moment, that big drama, right? They all come down. They kind of get like actually maybe exhausted. So the pendulum swings the other way, gets exhausted. Okay. It's like, and then sometimes the next day there's more clarity when we're not fueled and charged up by these emotions. Okay. And then you go, oh my God, that really wasn't such a big deal. All of us have had that happen. And what about getting off that roller coaster of catastrophe to exhaustion, to catastrophe to exhaustion? This is where the addiction to drama comes in because it's like we feel like, we can feel like the only way to acknowledge this big event, this something I don't want, and to express our rejection of something we don't want or someone wasn't nice to us and we're fighting and we're you know all this kind of stuff it becomes addictive and we think that the only way that we are um we're validated in our feelings is to make a big shit about it right and so we're not used to just being able to communicate about it and say, this is not okay for me and, you know, be level-headed and centered and, and, and not catastrophize the outcome or make someone like agree with us or turn this event into something we've, that makes us feel safe, right? So then we can be addicted to that drama. We can actually enter into it purposefully we can stir it up, actually, because we need something to move. But what we're doing instead is recreating the same thing over and over and over again. It's not moving out. So, um, yeah. And so another thing that I really find myself doing when I think about that word catastrophizing or drama is the flip side is is really like, I don't want to go down, you know, to this way of being. And I, I shouldn't say, yeah, maybe down, you know, like, lo- like reduce my vibration or allow it to reduce my vibration, right? I want to actually raise my vibration so that I affect other people. Like, you know, I don't want armor, right? I want to affect other people in a way that allows them to take their armor off as well. And we're all being lifted up, right? And so laughter is one of those ways that I find is the most, not just effective with a cause and effect, but the most joyful experience, right? To have that happen, 
to cultivate happiness, nurture it, water it, right? This happiness that we all have access to, we all do, because happiness is a choice. It's not something we have to seek outside of us. It's not something that um, some of us have access to and others don't. It's a choice. And so, and this is an interesting exercise, but <laughs> I think actually once we start really recognize the beauty and the wonder and the joy of life, of each other, we can reconnect again. We can lay down all our weapons and our armors and our old belief systems and who we think we are, our beliefs about happiness, like I can't be happy. I can't be happy. Uh, or I don't know how to be happy. Um, that's all That's all bullshit. Or our addiction to our drama, right? Or that um, I, I'm this way and you're that way. All these beliefs about what happiness is and our access to it, we can transmute that. We can change that. We can, like I said, cultivate it and choose happiness. And again, it's not like we're in La La Land, but actually in some ways we are. <laughs> like, I mean, I, I sometimes think like, well, wow, like you laugh a lot, Carla. And like, and it looks like it's, and, and, and sometimes, you know, it can look like um, I'm denying any sort of, um, I guess like harder feelings. It's, a, it's, it's entirely the opposite that's happening within someone who feels this deep sense of happiness. It's the, it's literally the opposite. It's like looking at the whole thing and going, wow, those thunderclouds are gorgeous and it's going to rain and shit. Yeah. Bring it on. And you know, this is, whoa, this is a difficult thing. It was like, I was in a session earlier today and there was, um, it was online on zoom and there was some really difficult discussion happening about um, the Israelis and Palestinians. And that's a very, very, very uh, um, tender topic for a lot of people. And there's a lot of win-lose and you-me and war and, you know, side-taking and all that kind of thing. And, and this community really is dedicated to not... to. Uh, trying to avoid that to to come together really in love and and there was some like you could feel that there was some tension there in the comments that were happening in the chat box but what happened was there was so much love outpouring and there was so much intent intention focus on creating a safe space to express and to work this stuff out that it was um much more productive than any other quibbling about you're wrong, I'm right, right? Like that wasn't the point of this discussion. It was literally to reconnect. And so toward the end, um, they always have like a, you know, play music and there's this, you know, they call it a dance party. And at the end of all that, there was just pure joy. And we can let go of all the details for just a few moments. Even this is, this is still happening. We're not denying any of the difficulties, atrocities, even like tragedies, traumas that are still happening. That's very moment. 
But this under, like to cultivate this consistent energy of love, of, of joy, of coming together in that love, joy, it, it creates, again, like I said, an environment conducive to happiness. That's extremely important. That's like the, you know, the story of uh, the soldiers who laid down their arms for Christmas Day. And when they got to know each other, they didn't want to fight anymore, right? And um, that's the kind of connection that we can have with ourselves and within ourselves. All those things that are conflicting within ourselves. All those things that are not, not in harmony with what we really know to be the truth. Is that we're not here to suffer, right? We're here to experience life in its totality. And that is what happiness is. So three L's for you as we end this podcast. Okay. Laugh. (laughs) That's really important. Like I said, I, I feel like a little bit of a nutter a little bit, but go to town, you know, like just go to town and talk to your pets and be goofy and, um, see the joy and the laughter and everything and stop catastrophizing everything and and see what you have rather than what you don't have. Trust me, it's a choice. I don't think that some of us are inherently poo-pooers and negative and pessimists and that that's just the way we look at life. Well, yeah, you can, but that's a choice. It's a, it, you can shift into the glass is half full or actually that it's overflowing because it is. And the only time that it isn't is if we can't see it. So we laugh and we love really like the, if you, you can't hold fear, anger, anxiety, um, violence, in the same space as laughter and love. It's like, it's like when you have, um, you know, when people try to make other people laugh when there's tension, right? Or there's that comic relief. Like you watch a movie and you're like, oh my gosh, like this thing is so depressing. But the, even the, one, but the ones that talk about or, or convey the totality of life with both the tragedy and the laughter, those are the ones that get you. Those are the ones that you end that movie and you're, Whoa, you know, and, and, and some of that um, heaviness is interspersed or disrupted or, um, I guess, alchemized by some laughter, you know, like we all love the character in the, in every single story, film, I don't know, play, um, in life that bring the joy or, or shake up the seriousness of the situation. So, and we can, and then love, you know, if there is, love comes out of a, an understanding of yourself and others. Self-love, loving of others, seeing them in you and you in them. Those things cultivate deep wellness and a sense of happiness. In, because we can be happy in a world that we uh, feel part of and that is um, not something that we're always feeling in 
like antagonistic to. We must connect. And we connect through love. And love comes from connection. And then there's this third L is listen. Just stop. Listen. How do we get connected unless we listen to ourselves and to others? Um, and when we're listening, we laugh because we see some of the ridiculousness in the things that we think are important and that are, you know, we think are making us unhappy. Um, I'm at first, I myself get annoyed with the fact that I'm kind of hyper aware of the things and all my old dramas and all my, you know, I make this big deal out of nothing. And I'm like, this is such a big deal. And this is and I should be able to be angry about this. And I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> be ridiculous. Stop it, little Carla. You're not three anymore. <laughs> Stop having a tantrum in your head. It's, you know, stop it. And and so when you can laugh about that, you have to first listen and not deny it. Let it come up. Let her let let that little that little one have its tantrum in your mind and you go, "Wait a minute. I there's I don't need to be controlled by this." But you can't hear that. You can't see it unless you listen. Just listen. And not just to yourself, but to others. If there's a conflict, if there's something going on and they're saying one thing, you can actually hear if you listen to what they're actually saying. And you don't have to react to it. So someone, a situation might be where um, you're having a conflict about, I don't know, anything. And the person says, I hate you. Right? That could really hurt. That could make you in a situation where you feel consistently unhappy because that person might be someone who lives in your home. Could be your teenage daughter. But if you listen, what you hear is them saying, I hate this situation. I don't want to live like this. I want to be connected to you. I don't want to feel disconnected. I'm, I'm hurting. Yeah? So just imagine all of that discovery, how that can lead to a complete shift in the energy of your life. And how you can choose happiness at every corner and every moment. So again, laugh, love, listen. And I'm just going to end that right now. Um, I hope you enjoyed that. And may you, your family, and the people you serve, not just be well, like I always like to say, but be happy. This podcast is sponsored by the Healthy Family Formula and Carla Atherton Inspired, which essentially means that we share our information for free. For more support, community, audio coaching, full episodes, bi-monthly live Q&A, discounts on our group coaching programs, and more, become a patron of my work at patreon.com slash Carla Atherton. And just to keep in touch. For more information about anything related to family health and individual health empowerment, deep wellness, and your journey into it, do pick up my book, Family Health Revolution, and check out our newsletter, blog, individual and group coaching programs, and practitioner training program at CarlaAthertonInspired.com and the sister site, HealthyFamilyFormula.com. Check us out on Instagram at Coach Carla Atherton.
Please note that Family Health Revolution podcast is not a source for diagnosis or medical treatment, but is the opinion of me, the host. This podcast is intended to empower people with information so they can make the best health decisions for themselves. It is up to each person to listen to their inner wisdom, consider the information they deem to be accurate and applicable to their individual situation, and consult with their trusted health care providers and support people if they so choose when making any decisions regarding their own health or the health of their loved ones. Each person's health is their own responsibility. Thank you.